Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program. The no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today on the show, we have Nicole Reyna with Mindset Coaching for Heroes. Welcome, Nicole. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Before we get too far into things, can you tell us about your practice? How do you serve folks? How do you, how do, you do your coaching? Oh, how do I do my coaching? Yes. So let me first off by introducing myself as um, a hearing impaired individual. So I, I really do appreciate you allowing me to, <laughs> to ask you to repeat yourself. Um, but basically, my, my coaching is done. I prefer... I, passionately help parents with children with disabilities. I work with them to help raise their level of consciousness through understanding the children's frustration that they go through on a daily basis. Because uh, when you're dealing with a disability, a lot of times the frustration, it affects the vibration that you are under and the children really have no other way to express themselves and they usually go to the person that they love. And my aim is to teach the parents that it is never about them. It is always about what the children are going through. So it is my desire to help them understand this process. So then when the children does have some kind of an outburst based on what they're going through, now the parents have a deeper understanding of what triggers it. And it's never about the parents. It's always about what the child goes through. So that's kind of uh, the basis of my, uh, of my coaching. Now, is there some suggestions you have for parents that can uh, that they can help their kids right now? Absolutely. I think breathing is the number one most important thing that we could ever do. Because what happens when you breathe is you interrupt the thought process that's happening in the mind. So an emotion is a manifestation of a thought that you keep thinking. So if the parent is uh, visually witnessing, for example, a child that is going through a moment of frustration or an episode, so to speak, it would really help if they have some kind of a breathing technique. My favorite one is what I call the box breathing technique. And what that is, is you take, you count your breath going in and you count it up to four seconds and then you hold it for four seconds. And then when you breathe out, you breathe out for four seconds and then you hold it for four seconds. So you do that process for about three minutes. And what happens is it interrupts the train of thought and it raises your vibration. So you're able to prevent the emotion from manifesting that's coming from the negative reaction from what you're seeing. A lot of times the society that we live in, we react in the moment based on what is already created. And if we can learn just to step back and be more of an observer instead of taking things personally, and the breathing is what helps to interrupt any of those negative thoughts that might be coming uh, from defensiveness. So that would be my number one recommendation is is to really find a breathing technique in the moment that helps you to uh, combat the negative emotion. Now, in your life, did you have a mentor or a coach to help you kind of gain this insight and knowledge? You know what? Um, I, I think my coach is Jesus and, and uh, the, the, the spiritual guide. I, I found them 
just recently from the pandemic when I learned how to meditate. Um, and it's from that meditation that I'm able to get the insight. Now, when I was growing up, um, to answer the question, I, I honestly felt alone because a disabled individual is in a whole different world. So when I was born, I was diagnosed as being deaf, mute, mentally handicapped, and in diapers for the rest of my life. So my story began when I was about four years old. Uh, my stepfather, my mom remarried when I was three, he taught me, he sent me to speech therapy and he believed that I was going to be an individual that could speak. And he wanted to make sure that I was given the opportunity to be able to hear, which is why they gave me hearing aid, and then to speak, which is why they sent me to speech therapy. I went my whole life basically with the ambition that I would become a self, self-sufficient individual um, that can overcome the handicap. And one thing that I really appreciate the most is that in my household, I was never perceived as a disabled individual. I, I was always treated the same as everyone in my household. I went to a mainstream school. I was really the only deaf child that was in the school. Um, and I was just sitting in the front of the class. I learned how to read lips. So it was through, I think it's through that encouragement of myself and, and really pushing myself to overcome and I got to be quote unquote like normal like everyone else. Um, it's kind of what allowed me to overcome the disability portion. Now, when the pandemic hit, there was a lot of past trauma that were resurfacing that I found were triggers that really affected me in the way that I was thinking and perceiving how others thought of me. And I believe I spent my entire life, so to speak, looking outside to please others. And I basically forgot how to go inside and, and to work on myself and really understand what were the triggers emotionally? Because for a very long time, I was not aware of my emotions. They just kind of happened. Whenever the triggers were, I would get frustrated or maybe um, upset or, you know, whatever the triggers were at that moment. Um, so to answer your question, I think the mentorship for me, I, I never really found anyone um, that could understand because it's a very different it's very different to be in the world of the disabled. It's a different perspective. And I found that it was hard to enunciate and to let everyone know, you know, exactly what it was. Um, later on during the pandemic, however, when I started a spiritual journey um, in meditation and I was able to connect on a spiritual level, I was able to find mentors um, right now that's helping me with my own mindset that gives me clarity. And that's very much appreciated. <laughs> Now, when you work with your clients, um, how what is the the issues they want help with the most? Right now, the biggest issue is understanding where you are and working on the self love. I find that in the world that we live in, there are a lot of negative emotional triggers that make that basically prevent people from really living the life that they really want. A lot of the parents that I come across um, have sacrificed so much to make sure that their children are always, you know, uh, taken care of. Um, most of the parents that I come across, they really dedicate all of their time to making sure that the child is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like basically making sure that they're comfortable making sure that they don't get frustrated, making sure that their environment is conducive to whatever their ability is. And unfortunately, when they put so much attention on the disability, it basically makes it worse. 
And what I try to teach the parents is that if they can just see the potential and always focus on the potential and not really focus on what is, it really helps with, like for example, having the hope, the hope that the child is going to be able to sufficiently take care of themselves independently, you know, whatever that looks like. If they can always keep that first and foremost in their mind and ensure that they, they understand that whatever happened is nothing about them, it is always about the children. And if they can separate their emotion from that, it really, really makes a difference um, because the self-love part is what really affects them. So for example, a child to go to the pan. I remember with my mom, for example, I couldn't, I couldn't get my information across the way it was coming across, and my mom was misunderstanding me. And unfortunately, there's a communication barrier that exists, right, with, with the people with uh, the unique abilities there. And I got frustrated. And then sometimes I would even raise my voice, or I would practically yell, or whatever it was, because the energy keeps building up. And unfortunately, what happened is that the thought process that my mom was going through, for example, was, oh, did I do something wrong? How could I change how I speak so, you know, Nicole doesn't yell at me? Or what am I doing wrong? And how am I attracting this kind of behavior? And it's that kind of insecure thinking that keeps propelling the energy that's there and the frustration and that it just becomes um, a very challenging way to live. Because in all, in all honesty, we all deserve to be happy and we all deserve to find joy. And you can find the joy if you understand that the situation that you're in is temporary and find the love inside and really, really dig deep to understand what the child is going through. It's really all about perception and understanding exactly what the child is, is really going through because it has nothing to do with them. So I think that the self-love piece is the one that comes up really repeatedly in my session um, because, again, they, for whatever reason, they feel that the child, maybe they don't love them as much or, you know, they think they have to change in order for the child to improve. When you're working with your clients, are you working typically only with the parent or, or the child individually or both? It's usually with the parents. Um, now, I do work with the children if they're at a level of the communication, if they're able to communicate in a higher level of consciousness. So it all depends on where the child is in their life at the moment. Typically, the parents would be the first one that I work with because it's a journey, right? The parents first change their mindset and start seeing things differently with the same situation that keep popping up. And then what happens is the patterns start to break, and then the child actually starts improving. And at that point, I can do the coaching with the children once their awareness is raised to a different level. Can you share a story about a success where you helped a parent with their children or child get to a new level? Yes, I would love to, actually. Um, just recently, I had a client of mine that was going through a lot. She started her own business, but in the middle of starting her own business, she was going through a divorce. And the reason why she was going through a divorce was because the father or the husband was um, an emotionally abusive um, individual. So she was trying to separate from that and creating a new business. And then she, on top of that, had a child with autism that was also um, deaf and had cataracts, so partly blind. When he was a newborn, he had cataracts and had to have surgery to have them removed. Um, so she was dealing with disabled child and then also um, another sibling that was perfectly healthy. So she, her issue was when the, when she decided to get a divorce, obviously it was a toxic relationship and she needed to get a divorce in order to protect the environment of what is. 
However, her insecurities of herself and wanting to start a business and constantly thinking that she wasn't good enough and that she worried that her children, because of the divorce, didn't love her anymore. And the child with the unique abilities is the one that affected her the most because the communication is a bit different. So she worried that she was not creating the life that would give him the security that she felt like he needed. So once I spoke with her um, and she saw that myself, I, I am I have two percent hearing, so I am considered profoundly deaf. So when I shared with her my story and then I explained to her about the perception of the child and I let her know that when it comes to divorce and it comes to um, other situations that are really not her fault, it's just the environment that she's in and the decisions that she's making, while it does have an impact on the child, I firmly believe that the child still loves the parent both ways because the child is not really the one that's involved in the situation. It's more of the mom and the dad that, that's involved in that. So when she learned to remove the fear that the child was even thinking anything of her, what she saw was that she was able to open up her heart and able to make better decisions and not react, not towards the child, but like after she would have a, um, um, a situation for the child, for example, let's say a frustrating event, when everything was said and done, she would go to her, to her room and she would cry it out and, and she would be, it would affect her. And then she would wake up the next morning still worried. And what would happen is she created that vibration that carried with her. So then the child started having more and more episodes because the children are very, very attuned to energy. They can feel it. So whenever the parent that's around them had that negative energy, it fluffed up. After a few sessions with me and I was able to change her mindset and to change her perception, and it did take a few sessions because she had to break the pattern that were already created from years and years of whatever her experiences were um, from a child herself. So after a few sessions, she was able to focus on the love and realize that this is temporary and what her child is going through had nothing to do with her as she needed to make sure that she knew that she was a wonderful mom, that no matter what happened, no matter the situation, the divorce, uh, started the business, distress, whatever mistakes that she made, it really had nothing to do with her. And she's doing everything that she can, the best of her ability. And because she's doing the best that she can, that's all she can do. And then I, I found that right after the few sessions, she would show up. In the beginning of the session, she would be very down and, and very uh, depressive symptoms. But then after a few sessions, she comes in very excited very happy, and the conversation would focus more on the success of her child rather than the frustration that she had been going to. So her focus shifted into what was going right in her life instead of what was going wrong. And I think that is the most profound thing that anyone can do, because when you focus on what's going right, that's what you create more of. Wow, what an amazing and moving story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. Now, if somebody wants to learn more about your practice and get on your calendar and maybe have a conversation with you, what is the website? My website is IamNicoleReyna.com. Um, and they can go onto the website and select uh, contact me. There's some um, uh, buttons on the website to be able to uh, get onto my calendar. Um, I can also be reached by email, which is Nicole at IamNicoleReyna.com. Um, and I believe it, it's the best way to contact me, actually, if you're able to from the email. Um, but yeah, that would be the, the first place to go to, to learn more. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today, 
Nicole. And that website, one more time, is I-A-M-N-I-C-O-L-E-R-E-I-N-A.com. Nicole Reyna, you're doing important work, and we appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much, and I, I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio. Yeah.